to write his orders for his spice packs. Right. So I don't. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna send. Uh, yeah. Rickman an email later, being like, help, help, help. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Help, help. Jeez. Buy an alcohol for miners. Help. Ah, Anson. <laughs> I still think it's you funny. You were there for that, right? Yeah, and then my mom bought him IHOP. Yeah. Ah. So there was, when we were in high school, there was this homeless man that we used to have buy us alcohol. And yeah, we ran into him quite a few times. And then my mom ended up like feeling bad for him because he was panhandling outside of IHOP. And she like bought him IHOP breakfast. And I had to just very casually pretend like he hadn't been buying me alcohol for a year. And I didn't know him. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, allegedly, I don't do crime. No. Allegedly. Allegedly. No allegedly. crime. Welcome to another episode of Creeptology, the podcast. The podcast where we bring to you a new dose of the creepy <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> just crept up on me. I'm so sorry. All right. Start again. Gotcha. Start over. Just <sighs> beginning of that sentence. <laughs> You good? I'm fine now. I don't oh, feel anything okay. else brewing for now. <laughs> for now. There's nothing brewing. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Creeptology, the podcast. The podcast where we bring to you a new dose of the creepy, odd, and macabre every other week. I am your host today, Michaela. And with me, as always, is my favorite fiend, creepy comrade, bloodthirsty buddy, Salem. Hello. This week I identify as like the random surprise beer you find in the back of your fridge when you're having a bad day. That just makes your day a little bit better. Ooh. I mean, you always make my day better. That's gay. <laughs> and with us today, we have a very special guest, Kieran. Hi. Hello. Woo. Round of applause. Oh, I almost fell back in my chair. That was scary. Don't do that. <laughs> special. I am. We're special this yes. week. We're special every week. Every week. For this week's episode, we are going to be diving into a lesser-known cryptid. These little guys are rumored to consume small animals, such as stray cats, odds and ends of forest foliage, and, of course, human flesh. Got a cannibal. Cannibalism. They are said to live in the wilderness and rarely come out of hiding. As for what they look like, those lucky or unlucky enough to have spotted these cryptids describe them to be small humanoid-like creatures with large bulbous heads. It just reminds me of Hills Have Eyes. Like, that's literally the only visual I get is the dude in Hills Have Eyes with, like, the gigantic noggin. It just reminds me of Aliens from Star Trek. Yeah, that's too. The whole series. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. All you dear listeners, Salem and Kieran, this week we are talking about melon heads. Whoop whoop. Melon heads. Melon heads. Never heard of these bitches. Yeah, literally never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> My story today comes from a few main sources. Firstly, articles found on cryptids.fandom.com. She always has the most reliable sources. And I looked it up. It's cryptids with a Z. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Cryptids.fandom.com with a Z. Amazing. The most credible sources. Yes. Um, always. Yes. And mysteriousuniverse.org. 
<laughs> it's an organization. It's, it's a it's, .org. It's, it's a, a little dot bit org. better. It's legit. A little bit more reputable. That org. And the most reliable source that I could find on this subject, of course, is the dark recesses of YouTube. <laughs> The very, very reliable videos you find on YouTube. Yeah. Well, not YouTube. <laughs> well, duh. Obviously. Obviously. Oddly enough for this cryptid, it has been seen in three different states in America. Reports of melon heads come from Connecticut, Ohio, and Michigan. It would be Ohio. That's what I say! It, it would be like, Ohio. I was like, the only thing you really have in Ohio mm. is, like, weird cryptids, Nazis, and, like, Cedar Corn. Point. Corn, and then, yeah, roller coasters but, if you want to go to Cedar I Point. I mean, you know what? Ohio and Michigan make sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Each of these states has a slightly different origin story for these creepy creatures, but the descriptions of the creatures remains the same. Which leads us to question, what are melon heads and where do they come from? Is it possible that they are just some malformed inbreds of rural, isolated folk? Are they figments of runaway imaginations or are they from a different world altogether? The answers to these questions is for you to decide. They're aliens. That's what I'm deciding. Aliens. That is also what I decided. Aliens. I mean, I did say aliens, aliens from Star Trek, aliens. so... We, we, we gonna be getting into it. All right. First up is Connecticut. Possibly the first reported sightings of melon heads took place in Connecticut after World War II. There are several myths and theories about the origins of the melon heads that come from more than 10 different cities across Connecticut. Here are the main two myths. You ready for this one? Oh, I'm ready. All right, I'm ready. Here we go. They're both ready. The first myth centers in Fairfield County, which was the location of an asylum for the criminally insane. In the fall of 1960, the asylum was mysteriously burned down, resulting in the death of all the staff and majority of the patients. Somewhere between 10 to 20 patients were unaccounted for, however. Hmm. Legend says that these patients escaped and went on to live in the woods, their unusual appearance being the result of resorting to cannibalism and inbreeding. Spooky! (laughs) So, the first theory is that it's escaped insane asylum patients that just started fucking each other and... Cannibalizing each other. Cannibalizing each other. Yep. Fun! Interesting. Sounds like a fun weekend. Right? All right. Now we're getting into the second myth, which is a bit different. It states that the Melonheads are actually descendants of a colonial-era family that was outcasted and banished following accusations of witchcraft. These accusations caused the family to retreat into the woods, which then led them to, once again, cannibalism and inbreeding. Interesting. All of these theories end with eating each other and eating each other. Oh. Are we sensing a theme here? A little bit, a little bit. We sensing a theme? Okay. We're going to get into the encounters. The most famous encounter with melon heads takes place in Fairfield County in the early 1980s. Our story here follows a one Megan O'Connell and her friends as they went out for a late night drive after a football game at their high school. (laughs) It's not going to end well. Yeah, no, this is like the beginning of a horror movie. Literally. (laughs) 
looking for a thrill and adventure. Yep, horror movie. Yep. The kids took their friend Debbie's Ford Granada. Oh, not Debbie. Not Debbie! <laughs> down to Velvet Street, a street which was nicknamed Dracula Drive by the local kids. No! I would want to live there because, regardless, because the name Dracula of the street Drive. is cool though, because it's Velvet Drive or Dracula Drive. Yeah. I mean, Connecticut's very pretty. I could happily live there. So. I would love to Do live I just in like, the New England area. Yeah. Maybe I could see Mothman or some melon heads. Depending on the area. Pudgewuckies, too. Yeah. They like to hang yeah. out in Pennsylvania. There's the Squonk is the also Devil. there. Yeah, there's some there's some good stuff in yeah. there. That's what I'm saying. New England has, like, the best cryptids. Mm-hmm. If you want to, like, run into a cryptid, New England's, like, your place to be. No, it really is. Now back to Megan and Debbie. Once out of the city a bit, the kids parked the car and went off into the wilderness in search of the infamous melon heads. Okay, so teens did dumb white people in movies things. Got it. Yes. As the kids searched the woods, they were startled to hear Debbie's car turn back on. (laughs) To see what was going on, they ran back to where they had parked, only to have the car race right towards them. The teens ducked out of the way just in time to see the car race past them into the night. They also caught sight of the car's new passengers, and it was none other than the melon heads that they were searching for. So the melon heads know how to drive. They stole her car. They carjacked Debbie. Debbie. Did she leave the keys in the ignition? Like, or do they know how to hotwire? I know. Yeah. What is their level of intelligence here? It's kind of important, I think. But yeah, no, because right. never leave your keys in the car. Yeah, no, that's just bad news waiting to happen. This was also the 1980s. So. That's like when I lived in North Carolina. It baffled me. So I lived in the middle of fucking nowhere in North Carolina. Yeah. The closest thing to my house was like a prison and a church, right? Yeah, like, that sounds right. How to get to my house was. Oh, you just take a left right after the prison before the big church, and it's like mm-hmm. the third trailer by the woods. Yeah, like that really was like where I lived, kind of shit. Yeah. And when we moved in, my landlord told me, "Yeah, we normally just leave our keys in our car." Yep. There's only been a few times where it's been an issue, and that's when there's been a breakout at the prison. But at that point, you just go get your keys out of your car and lock the front door. I'm like. Excuse me? <laughs> you should like, be doing that anyway. Yeah, no, that sounds like where I lived in Southern Colorado, literally right next to a prison. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, living next to prisons is fun. I was like, wow, welcome to the neighborhood. Just make sure your car doesn't get jacked by escaped convicts. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. So fun. Gotta love it. Gotta love the South. I think the best part about this encounter is is that rumor has it you can still see the car from time to time <laughs> on Dracula Drive. Okay, that's the best part. It, but it's not a ghost car. It's a G car. Melon heads will be driving it if you see it out there. Are rolling. they running errands? <laughs> <laughs> a little drive to the store but they need to a pick car. up a cashier to eat for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Makes sense. All of this makes so much, so much, so sense. much sense. All of the logic. And with that, we are going to hop on over to Ohio. Boo, Ohio. I haven't even gotten started yet, though. I know. You can, you know, you can boo Ohio after my story. No, I, I know enough about Ohio to, like, preface this with boo, Ohio. Fair, Fair enough. enough. Fair I've enough. spent a lot of time in Ohio. It's 
a weird place. <laughs> I've never been, so... You're not missing much. <laughs> I didn't think so. Now let's take a trip to Ohio where our story of these bulbous-headed creatures takes on a bit of a different shape. This myth follows a man by the name of Dr. Crow. Not at, made up. Not made no, up at all. not even a little bit. I did say myth. <clears throat> at his facility in Kirkland, Ohio, Dr. Crow took in a group of abandoned children at his facility and decided to take care of them. Hmm. That However, sounds like Umbrella Academy shit. I was going to say Stranger Things vibes. It's both. Yeah, both. Mm. Collecting orphans. Yeah, and just collecting children. <laughs> yeah, that's not weird. Not even a bit. Dr. Crow. <laughs> All right, Dr. Crow, you sketchy. <laughs> However, his form of taking care of the children looked more like torturing and experimenting on them. Okay, Naturally. so yeah, Stranger Things and Academy. My mom probably Academy. took a parenting page out of his book. Same with my dad. Childhood trauma. We love it. <laughs> This form of the legend states that the Melonheads got their misshapen domes by the doctor injecting various chemicals into their brains, which caused their heads to grow abnormal. Abnormally large. <laughs> Abnormally large. <laughs> Due to this growth, the children developed hydrocephalus, which mm. in turn caused them all to become severely mentally ill. What's our excuse? Uh, trauma. Like I said, my mom took a page trauma. out of his parenting book, yeah. so, like, that's Ultimate. my excuse. Yeah, same. Trauma. Trauma. Got the trauma from my mama. Fed up with the years of torture, <laughs> the Melonheads murdered Dr. Crow and burned down his facility. Well done. This led the Melonheads to flee into the woods to take up residence near Crybaby Bridge. In order to survive and remain hidden, the Melonheads kill and eat anyone who sees them on top of inbreeding to keep the family going. Back to inbreeding again every time. A crybaby bridge. Crybaby bridge. Maybe it's the Melonheads that are crying. According to this myth, each generation leads the new Melonheads to become more and more raving and paranoid. They sound like sadistic Keebler elves. Yes. That live in the woods. Yeah. And make meat pies instead of cookies. Yeah. I mean, they could be cookies. Human blood cookies. Like thumbprint with cookies, like but eyeballs with for them. Ch- chocolate chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Some Sweeney Todd and Miss Lovett shit. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I thought too. <laughs> You're picking up what we're putting down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now on to the encounters. There are two main encounters that come up while discussing Melonheads in Ohio. The first encounter was reported by a man named Tony. 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 Who was driving down Chillicothe Road in Chardon, Ohio. Oh, Chillicothe. Chillicothe? Yep. Damn. I was trying to be all suave. Thank you. (laughs) I got you. Thank you. He was driving down the road that I'm not going to say. Chillicothe Road. Chillicothe Road in Chardon, Ohio, with his family when he saw a strange-looking person running alongside the road and the irrigation ditch that it was parallel to. He explained, I looked out my window and saw him. A melon head. (laughs) He, or it, was running next to the ditch. We were going about 45, 50 miles an hour, and the melon head was actually keeping up with us. 
Tony went on to describe the melon head's clothes. Ripped brown pants, white t-shirt with red stains. Mm. And its appearance. About... 5'7", light brown skin, large head, two holes where the ears should have been. Creepy. The creature then jumped into the woods as the car went around a curve in the road. Sounds pretty rugged. The thing that gets me is the description of the height. Yeah, five, five seven. seven. That's taller than me. That's taller than that's, you. That's yeah. how, no, that is, I am five seven. Yeah. yeah. I, I was imagining, like, little pipsqueak little shits. <laughs> yeah, but you're no, around no. eating people. No, that's, like, full-size humans. They're my height. Yeah, like, full-size people. <laughs> Imagine. That makes it so much scarier, to be honest. It does. But the way that Tony was describing it as he saw this melon head, like, running along the cart, doesn't every single child have that same, like, imagination th- train of thought when you're in the car and you like out the window yeah. and you're like oh there's something running alongside the car and it was catching up like, literally every child has right. done that yeah. i used to do that i used to do that all the time i've heard that some people never did that they're probably what? like yes. not mentally ill oh <laughs> probably didn't come from like traumatic backgrounds and is like yeah there's a monster chasing, my, chasing family. my family <laughs> or, or you do the thing where it like jumps on the fence post. yeah, yeah. Or, like, the electric lines. It's, like, running along the electric line. Yeah. Yeah. There was always... I called it, like, the Wendigo in the ditch. It was, like, a little shadow (laughs) creature that would just, like, on all fours, sprint in the ditch and, like, keep up with the car. We would race it everywhere we went. See, mine was not that cool. I think it was, like... (laughs) Either unicorns or wolves. Like, I mean, that was wolves about cool. where I was Those are both cool. That, that was where I was at as a unicorns child. Unicorns are just, like, tactical horses, so that's yeah. pretty dope. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, they're probably not mentally ill, those who don't do that. The second main <laughs> encounter from Ohio gets a little bit more strange. This particular tale follows another group of teenagers who are traveling through Wycliffe, Ohio, in 1964. When they pass by, one of the bizarre creatures standing by the side of the road just staring at them. Mm. That'd give me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. And so what did they do? They slowed the car down to get a better look at the creature. Of course they did. Because why wouldn't you? Smart. Smart thinking. Again, what the horror movie. Yes. This is Ohio. Yeah. White teenagers in Ohio. I mean, there's literally nothing to do in Ohio, so why wouldn't you slow the car down right. and look? Right. Like, oh man, creepy thing. Like, Let's go. Whoa, take something a look. interesting is happening. However, after they slowed the car down, the creature ran off into the woods, and the teens decided to give chase. <gasps> no. Why do you follow it into the woods? They made their way through the forest until they allegedly came to a clearing in which sat an old-fashioned house where an older couple was sitting leisurely on the porch. Hmm. The scene would not have been so surreal had it not been for the several melon-headed children that were playing around the house. That's not weird. That's Uh, super fucking spooky. One of the teens asked the man what was going on, and he had quite the story to tell. He apparently told the teens that he had once been a nuclear scientist during World War II and that the radiation he had constantly been exposed to had caused his children to be born deformed with their bulbous heads. He claimed that the government had paid him to keep quiet about it and relocated them into the remote area where they would be kept away from normal society. Hmm... Knowing the kind of shit that our government does, that's not that out there of a theory. No, it's honestly not. That's really not 
that outlandish, in my opinion. I feel like this makes the most sense. Yeah. Out of all of them, Out this of, like, one's... cannibalism and inbreeding of, like, mental patients yeah, or, like, no. disfiguration due to radiation caused from war, which has been proven to happen. This one makes, makes the most sense, sense. Yeah. yeah. Why the others there... just sounded like local myths. Why is there salt on your disc? Because I was eating boiled eggs the other night when I was playing Phasma. Oh. So I had salt for my eggs. <laughs> it's a solid reason, but I just looked up and I was like, huh. I mean, if, yeah. To salt. keep the demons away, yeah. Michaela, obviously. Uh, I mean, that's why there would be salt in my room is for, yeah. Yeah, to keep the bad spirits reasons. out. Silly me. <laughs> the man made them promise not to tell the location of the house and sent them on their way. Naturally, the teens immediately told all of their friends about how they had a run in with the legendary Melonheads and a group of them went out to find them. As they drove along the lonely road towards the house, they were stopped by a large group of police officers. I walk a lonely road, the only road that I have ever known. The cops asked what they were doing out there. And when the subject of melon heads came up, the police adamantly insisted that it was just an urban legend that they and that they had better go back home. When the teens refused, they were taken to the police station and held there until their parents came to pick them up. That sounds like some ACAB shit to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the teens would later claim that they had been doing nothing wrong and that they had just been driving mine in their own business making them suspicious that it was a cover-up operation. Dun-dun-bum! <laughs> now on to Michigan. Our final location of Melonhead myths and sightings is Michigan. The main myth coming from Michigan seems to be a bit of a mashup between one of the Connecticut legends and the Ohio legend. The Michigan myth centers around an infamously haunted location called the Felt Mansion. According to the story, there was an insane asylum that was located near the Felt Mansion where deformed children experienced extensive physical and emotional abuse at the hands of the doctors and staff. Growing tired of the abuse, the children devised a plan to murder those responsible for their poor treatment and to escape. The children killed the head doctor chopped up his body, and hid it around the asylum. After doing so, the semi-feral mutant children escaped into the forest surrounding the asylum and the mansion. Good band name, semi-feral mutant Okay, but someone should make a movie about this. I'd watch it. I'd absolutely watch it. Oh, but wait, they did. In many renditions of this tale, the asylum and mansion are used interchangeably and are sometimes one and the same. So it's kind of hard to tell. Right. Due to these stories, though, the Allegan County Historical Society vehemently stated that no such asylum ever existed in the area. There was, however, a prison. Back to how fun it is to live by prisons. The most fun living by a prison. This myth was so popular that it was even turned into a 2011 film titled The Melonheads. Oh, okay, so they did. Well, need to watch it. Yeah. We gotta find it. For research. Yes. For science. I will find it. It's for science. For science, obviously. And now onto the encounter. Kelly Top Bedrosian. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. 
It's right. That is how you would say that. I think tel- Kelly no, that top looks, Bedrosian. That Bedrosian. does look right. I'm not sure though, but yeah, we'll just go with it. Sorry Bedrosian. if we're butchering your name, Kelly Top Bedrosian. Sorry. <laughs> Kelly claims that she was exploring the grounds of the then abandoned felt mansion with her friends one night when she saw a man in the distance. He had an unusually large head, but she wasn't scared. Then he started walking towards them. She writes, not knowing who this man could be, my friend yelled, hello, to try and be friendly. But all we got was a loud grunt and the man continued to walk towards us. White people doing white people shit. Yeah, let's just be friendly. Yeah, you see a random man in the distance. Hello! Hello! Yeah, no, never. Mm. Never do that. No, never. Nowhere. Never do that. That's just bad news bears waiting to happen. That's how you get murdered. Literally. I'm surprised none of these people got murdered. Same. They yelled to the guy. He starts walking towards them now at a faster pace. At this point, they got scared and started sprinting towards their car. They scrambled in and peeled out of the parking lot at full speed, not slowing down until they were several miles from the mansion. Skirt, skirt. Skirt, skirt. Drive it like a stolen. But what exactly are these strange creatures? And why do they have reported sightings in more than one state? Because they're aliens. My personal theory is this. Aliens. All of the states which have reported melon head sightings are also some of the states with the higher UFO sightings. Fact. Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. I think, I think not. not. Here are some of the stats. In Connecticut, they have 54 UFO sightings per 100,000 people hmm. a year. And in Ohio, they have 36 UFO sightings per 100,000 people. Not only that, but the Center for UFO Studies, which was founded by Dr. J. Allen Hinnick. Hynek? Hynek, probably. Hynek. Yeah, Hynek. How high is your neck? <laughs> A professor of astronomy at Ohio State University who went on to become the chairman of the astronomy department at Northwestern University. That also happened in Ohio. And finally up, we have Michigan, which reports 34 UFO sightings per 100,000 people. That's a lot. It is quite a bit. It is quite a bit. I've seen UFOs. So what do y'all think? We We got mutants. We got inbreds. Aliens. All of the above. I think that they're aliens, and the fact that, like... Out of all of the main theories, that that's not even one. Mm-hmm. That all of the main theories are like mutant cannibalistic incest children. Like, yeah, why? Why is that the go to theory? <laughs> that's what I thought was really weird when I was researching this. Because in my mind, big heads, big eyes, no ears. I'm like, alien. Right, yeah. so like the rays, like 5'7", yeah. big heads, like... But yeah. none of these... Main theories. Reputable sources <clears throat> said anything about aliens, so... That's like normally the first thing people go to when there's something that's like unexplained. They're like, oh, unexplained creature, it's an alien. But this time they're like, oh, unexplained creature, it's like fucking cannibalist kids. Like, no. Totally. Yeah, it doesn't... Yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah. yeah. This is what happens... When, because this was 60s, right? 
Mm-hmm. Everyone was on drugs. 60s, 80s. Yeah. That's not what it is. Everyone was on drugs. And Lead in the water. Yeah. 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 Serial killers running around everywhere. People seeing shit. Who knows? Good times. Yes. And that is all I have for today, little parasites. Let us know what your theories are on our socials. You can follow us on Instagram at Creeptology Podcast and send us an email at creeptologypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for being Joining our guest us today. today. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It's fun having you. Well, yeah, until next time, keep it creepy.